the first order reigns, and this is Geek Top 5. Yay! I'm Jesse. I'm Graham. And this is our deep dive on Star Wars The Last Jedi. Spoiler alert, and I can't stress this enough, if you haven't seen Star Wars Episode 8, The Last Jedi by Ryan Johnson, turn this podcast off. Okay, are they gone? See you later, losers. Yeah, really, right? Who hasn't seen it yet? Okay, we are here to talk about The Last Jedi, the controversial Last Jedi. Surprisingly controversial? Yeah, I would say so. Uh, Critically acclaimed, but a very divided fan base. Um, And to handle this much, you know, this much just confusion and counsels, we brought in some Star Wars experts here. We brought in... Our staff member and webmaster, Stella Simonova, is here. Thanks, Jesse. I'm here, Graham, as usual, but we've also got uh, Mm -hmm. our youngest guest ever, Rex Beckstead, uh, five months old, and uh, with a lot to say. (laughs) He he seems to be, his opinion will be coming and going, but that's okay. And his, uh, he he and uh, our webmaster may not last the whole podcast, Mm, but... We'll, we'll do as best we yeah, can. Yeah, I'm real tired, so <laughs> we don't know when I'll go. All right, so there's a ton of points to hit, but I figure let's start, let's go around, let's just do some general impressions. I'm going to start on this end of the table. The, I, I, I quite liked it. I, I, at the very beginning, I was, I was concerned because there were a lot of jokes that I felt were falling very flat, and I was like, is this what we're in for? And I'm sure we'll get into that more later, but my first impression was not good. But the movie did win me over. It was beautiful. I mean, beautiful to look at. It had some some very good messages and uh, had some cool action set pieces. Stella? I loved it. I was so excited for it that I actually spoiled the whole movie for myself two days before I went. <laughs> oh, God. And I still loved it. Okay, that's If fair. anything, you might have loved it more. I think I loved it more. And also from hearing Graham, who saw it two days before me, all the parts he didn't like made me like them even more. <laughs> oh, okay. You thrive on pain. That's fair. Correct. Uh, I, I also really had a good time. Uh, I think this movie has some of my favorite Star Wars moments of all time. It also, I mean, I'm not going to bury the lead. It also had that entire casino arc that went nowhere. Um, I did feel like it was a little long, and I think just cutting that bit out almost in its whole would have made this maybe the perfect Star Wars movie. I would um, say, though, that then Finn and Rose would have, like, nothing to do. Yes. I mean, they pretty much had nothing <laughs> to do. Exactly. I, I, I agree it was a bit of a detour, but I... I thought the, the casino was an amazing addition to Star Wars. It's sort of on the nose to have a zany casino filled with wild characters, but it fit the world well. Everyone looked neat, and it was an interesting message about war profiteering and things like that. But also it was a good opportunity to introduce DJ, who I really enjoyed. Do they say his name in the movie? He does, he does not, not get a name. say his name, okay. but I mean, that is his name, yeah. right? Is, well, apparently he has, like, the letters in Orabesh, D and J, written yeah. on his clothing somewhere. That's all we know. All right. Um, which I think really reflected that whole arc of the movie really perfectly. And now, to be fair, like, I don't want to be the negative Nancy here, so let me get the other side of this. I thought, like, the Kylo Ray stuff, and by extension, the Luke Snoke stuff, was phenomenal. Uh, yeah. I loved it. And that's one of the things that's really controversial. Some people hated what they did to Luke Skywalker. And I feel like maybe that's the first thing we need to touch on. Some people didn't like Grumpy Luke. They Not that they didn't like it, they thought it was a betrayal of everything that was Star Wars. 
I just what's what's your other option though? Just to make him an Obi Wan knockoff? But even Obi Wan was an old curmudgeon. Like they all no. seem to turn into curmudgeons. Obi Wan wasn't a curmudgeon. He was a big curmudgeon. Like how? And just but, with Han. But listen, Luke was trained by Yoda, who was the old curmudgeon. So what else was he going to turn into? He was taught by the best. I think the key here is, and then this is something that Mark Hamill has come out and said, and they have him in a video interview, where he didn't like the idea that Luke Skywalker gave up. Right. As far as he was concerned, he says in this interview that Jedi don't give up, and that's not how he saw Luke. Now, that being said, he also said, like, well, that's, you know, it's not my job to write the story. It's to act, and I really liked where the story was going, and, it, you know, really it was, you know, Ryan Johnson's story. But that seems to be what people are really upset about. You know, we, we come back to that scene on the island after two years, and... She gives him the lightsaber, and he just tosses it over his shoulder. Right. That it's, was another one of the jokes that I felt landed really flatly. Yeah, my, the, the theater we were in really enjoyed all that humor, but I agree. It, it, was, it started off very tongue-in-cheek with sort of a weird way to touch off the movie. My theater loved every joke you oh. hated just or like a laughing, including my mom, who I went with. Okay. <laughs> Having the greatest time. I, I will get back to that, but let's keep on point with Luke. I think... Yeah. He, I, I don't know, I, I think he, it's, he, everything came fairly easily to him in the, the original trilogy. And, you know, he had a, some adversity with the lightsaber fights and losing his hand and whatnot, but he never had a huge defeat. And I think the defeat by Kylo, like Ky- him trying to, well, maybe trying to kill him, and then Kylo and the Knights of Ren destroying his his uh, school. And no, we, do, we still don't know that that's, you know. Okay, fair enough. But yeah, the betrayal by Ben. Yeah, so the, and, and again, let me make it clear. I'm on your side on this. I agree. I think Grumpy Luke makes a lot of sense. Yeah, actually. And I think it, it when Yoda appears in this and they and he like sets Luke straight a bit. I think that is very telling too. Like I feel like everything we've seen with Grumpy Luke is is a facade. You know, he's putting on. Uh, 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 it's a defense mechanism. Yeah. And then when you when he talks with Yoda, that's when you see real Luke. When he's back to being sort of naive and teachable and learning, mm-hmm. that I thought was was powerful. But also, Luke was never the most interesting character. He was he's always just kind of been like the bland everyman hero. He's, he's the hero's journey. Exactly. What 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 did we want him to be like? Yeah. Well, I think what people wanted him to be like is the Luke from the last twenty years of Star Wars books. Right. Right. That whole expanded universe where he turns into like Jedi in chief. Mm-hmm. And be- Some of us haven't read those books. And well, true. Going based on only movies, and there's there's plenty in those books that also aren't good, right? Like, oh yeah, it's like people tend to remember their favorite parts of the Thrawn trilogy and and the Kent or the Tales books, but there's a lot of of lame additions that I'm glad we're rid of. Like, how many times do, do is there some new imperial leader that comes from nowhere, a hidden part that they've forgotten about, to take over the Empire and try and bring them back, and then the Republic has to kill them again? It's just, uh, this is a new, interesting take on it, and, and I'm, I'm happy with it. It's, uh, it adds more to the universe. All right, agreed. Geek Top 5 all around. We're happy with Grumpy Luke. Yeah. And again, to be fair, not grumpy all the way through. You're right. Yoda shows up, sets him straight, and... I don't know about you guys, but like the the projection fight in our theater got like when we cut to seeing him back on the island, yeah. he was there the whole time. There was a round of applause. Like people thought that was awesome. Yes, like 
No one had any reaction. <laughs> well, I thought, I, like, the, the whole time he was on the thing talking with Leia and, and going to fight Kylo, the entire time I was thinking, how did he get there? How did he get there? Oh, I, yeah, you, but you know something is wrong subconsciously, yeah. right? You know there's something weird. Well, and then justified it to myself, I was like, oh, well, when you first see him, you, you see the, the sunken X-Wing on the, on the planet. I'm not, I don't know the planet names yet. I'm, yeah. I'm a bad nerd. Come on, man. But, uh, so I was like, oh, maybe he wrote, raised the, the X-Wing and he flew there and that. And I was like, that made it the perfect red herring. Because it tells a story, the X-Wing being sunk there, but it also gives you an explanation to yeah. justify how he gets to this other planet. But there's so much... Like, for me, what, what keyed me off, like, that there's, okay, something's not right here, is when he ignites the Skywalker lightsaber. And I'm thinking back, I'm pretty sure I just saw that explode. Like, maybe I didn't, I don't know, but that's when I started thinking what's going on. And then you notice, like, his hair is darker. Right. And, there's, and like, I didn't notice. It's shorter. Yeah, like, he looks younger. Like, that only twigged to me when you saw, when you saw him floating and on the island. I was like, oh, oh yeah. when you, this is brilliant. When you yeah. go back, there's so many things. He doesn't leave footsteps in the salt. Um, like, they make such a big deal of this, of this graphic effect of, of the red coming up. He doesn't, you don't even hear any footsteps. Like, they, they do so much. Just, you know, it's, something's weird, but you're too caught up in the moment of having him fight Can Kylo. I just say that I knew exactly what was happening, and I noticed absolutely none of it. Didn't notice <laughs> she, the footsteps, didn't notice anything, she but knew I knew what was, was going on because of the spoilers. Yeah, because I had remember. read everything. That oh, happened. I see. Okay. I knew exactly what was going on, didn't notice a thing. So you guys are ahead of me. <laughs> There's no surprises for me. But I was just so focused on Kylo. All right. Well, while uh, Stella is here, we've got to talk Kylo. Yeah. Stella's the biggest Kylo booster and defender on the planet. He's amazing. I was in love with him before, and I'm just more in love with him now. I would agree to being more in love with him now. I thought he was great in this one. Fantastic. Yeah. Tell us your thoughts on shirtless Kylo. That's a big thing on the internet. <laughs> shirtless Kylo, fantastic. I mean, I already knew he was buff, so it wasn't a surprise to me. Like, it seems to be... To many other people, but it was still a nice little, a nice little nod in my direction. <laughs> because of the, the character and story development and the way that it influences Ray, or because it was a shot of Adam you know, Driver with his shirt needs off. There to be some beefcake in these movies. What are they doing? <laughs> uh, so, uh, do you are you down with the uh, Ray Kylo romance? Uh, I'm Raylo, a hundred percent. Yeah, my my wife was like overwhelmed by the emotions of that. Oh. Like we came out of that movie and we went across the way to get a shot. Like she <laughs> loves Raylo. Yeah, it's it's, it's the new uh, Mr. Darcy, Lizzie Bennet of uh, 2017. Pride <laughs> and Prejudice all the way, except with more murder. More depending on which version you're reading. <laughs> yeah, it's a tough call. <laughs> No, that I loved that whole thing they did in the movie, Espe- yeah. like especially the like what are they they're, called, they're calling it force time, like the yeah. you know the, the force equivalent of the two text messaging yeah. Yeah. each other, and just like it builds up so slowly until she has her like in the cave on Dagobah equivalent, yeah. right. and she starts narrating like what happened, yeah. and then when they finally catch the time up, you're wondering who is she talking to? Oh, she's talking to him. Yeah. She's chosen to talk to him instead of Luke. Right. I thought that was a huge moment. It was so well done in terms of show not tell. Yeah. Man, I gotta like, see this movie again. Me too. It was just for that. <laughs> <laughs> that was great. And then, um, okay, so you knew because you read the spoiler. Yeah. So I asked Graham. So on the bridge there, were you able to figure out which way it was going to go? 
Because I know I was constantly like, oh, my God, this is going to happen. And it didn't happen. And then something totally different happened. Well, then, oh, my God, this is going to happen. It didn't happen. So something you mean even... in Snoke's throne room? Yeah, the whole thing. Well, I didn't know he would kill Snoke. I felt like a betrayal was coming, but I sort of just was letting it play out as it as it did. But I really expected Snoke to be in the rest of the movie. Oh, sure, we right? all did, we, and we'll circle back to that. Yeah. But the whole thing with like who's going to turn? Yeah. And then how are they going to turn? Yeah. Like for a while, it does kind of like like you know they're tempting Ray. Yeah. But then oh, but then Kylo killed the bad guy. But then he's still a bad guy. Yeah. But then like it was. I lost all track of what was like what was going to happen next, and I loved it. I loved that he he kills Snoke and then isn't isn't a good guy. Like yeah. he's still a bad. If guy. anything, he's worse. Yeah. Can I just say that they could have avoided all the ills that have happened if they had just been nicer to Kylo? It seems like people <laughs> are just so mean to him, and obviously he's gonna kill them. I mean, he does ask for it. He's he's very punchable in these movies. Ugh. He's like the the biggest uh, at work the. The Star Wars geeks I talk to don't like Kylo Ren because they call they they call him like the emo villain of the the millennial age. And they, <sighs> they call him like they say he's so too whiny. But I think that's a great characterization. It's like yeah, that's villain the, type. That's the whole that point. It's like it's yeah. going right over their head. Yeah, it's that he's trying to figure out what kind of villain he's going to be. Yeah, and you notice after the Snoke, so I guess during the Battle of Crate, like they make as many links as possible between him and Vader. Right, they've got the Force choking and the walking dramatically out of the shuttle. They're like. He is he has chosen his path, and he's like this is what he's going to be when he grows up. Yes, but he's he's no he's not good at it. Yet. But, but he's getting better. He's, he's getting working better. on it. He's, Grant. he's working on it. He's got the he's got the force choking now. That was fun to see back you know, that it's, tradition. It's a little irritating. Like some people I talk to are like, "Well, I wanted another Darth Vader," and it's like, why? "Why? We've got a Darth Vader." Why? I wouldn't want like, and they're like, "Oh, I want Luke to be more like Obi Wan." It's like, so you just literally <laughs> wanted the old movies again? Like yeah, those exist. Same old, same old. Yeah, I've, I see, and I, I seem to remember all the people who hated yeah. Force Awakens said they didn't like it because it was just like the old yeah. movies. Exactly. So now they're doing something completely new, and they still don't like it. <laughs> it's very hard to follow, you guys. <laughs> okay, so we, let's circle back. Snoke. Yeah. Of, like, of all the mysteries of the what's going on that started in Force Awakens, Snoke was the biggest one. Who is this guy? Turns out, one of the biggest red herrings of all time. Yeah. But I, I'm not willing to accept that just yet, because I feel like there's still another movie where we could learn more about him. But it, to what end? Not, what would it add it at this point? At hey, this is a world with cloning. That's all I, uh, listen, they absolutely, they could bring him back. They, a friend of mine insists Snoke is not dead. He insists that it was a projection, like the same way Luke was doing. It's, 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 it has this whole convoluted like explanation, uh, th- th- this whole truth or nine eleven thing he's doing. <laughs> but before we get off that, I just want to say I think that is the biggest problem with the, these uh, judging these movies as they come out is because there's we have two years to speculate on what everything could possibly be, and then when it isn't the stuff we've been speculating about, the things that we have built up. We get disappointed, but it's not the movie's fault. Again, but that's why I think people are getting disappointed with yeah. these movies. They're upset with them because they're like, "Oh, this Snoke thing. What a what a, a, a cop out." But it's like, did the movie build him up, or yeah. did everyone talking about the movie afterwards yeah. build him up? Yeah, same with Ray's parentage. Yeah, right. Which is also good, which we have to yes. come back to. Yeah. But while we're on Snoke. So Snoke now essentially is a device to allow other characters to act on him. Yeah. And Kylo Ren acts the hell on him. And it's great. Great, <laughs> great scene. 
But just the fact that that's not what the movie is about, right? I think is a really again a really cool departure from the usual Star Wars stuff. And then again, when you think about it, maybe not because at least in the classic movies, like who really like what was the deal with the Emperor? There's this weird guy in a robe, yeah. and he talks really slow at Luke and then shoots lightning out of his hands. That's all we really know about him. Yeah. Like, it took the prequels to break that whole thing yeah, down. Yeah, just like a decrepit old freak, and everyone was like, ew. Yeah, and he has lightning powers. Yeah. yeah. I do like that, that not everything needs to be all intricately, intricately tied together. You know, not everyone is all connected. Ray doesn't have to be yeah. a descendant of Obi-Wan or Luke's daughter or yeah. this or that. And she still might be. Like, there, there's a reveal about her parentage, but it's conceivable that that's uh, Kylo bluffing her. It's conceivable. Uh, but again, uh, well, what would the point be? I agree, but... Now, know. I'm going to, like, now, again, this is this is metagaming. Like, the director has come out and said, well, the way he phrased it is that Kylo believes it's true. Mm-hmm. Right. So, yeah, what he's saying is J.J. Abrams might rewrite it for nine. Yeah, exactly. Um, but, yeah, I guess, I mean, let's, well, let's jump off Snoke for a second because it's hard to keep circling this. Yeah. So, Ray, yeah, Ray's parentage was, I think, the biggest thing to come from Force Awakens. That was the biggest who is she. Right. Yeah. And this reveal that, well, she's Ray. Yeah. That's what's important. It doesn't matter where she's from. It doesn't matter. Like, essentially saying the, you know, the Skywalker story doesn't really matter anymore. Yeah. Which is what, in a way, what this movie was all about. Let the past die. And they sort of, sort of hit it a little bit on the nose. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's like they could have they only made it more on the nose if Kylo actually posted it <laughs> on Reddit <laughs> in our Star Wars. But yeah, the idea that, well, your bloodline doesn't matter and your family doesn't matter or where you come from doesn't matter. It's just who you are. Mm-hmm. Takes a lot of kind of what's established about Star Wars and throws it out. So are, I mean, and again, let's make it clear, I'm okay with that. I love that. I think it was yeah. great. But are we okay with that? Is that a comfortable departure? I mean, Kylo's continuing the Skywalker story. Why don't, why aren't people happy with that? Continue it into the garburator. He's continuing it in the way he wants. <laughs> Just like his grandfather, right? Exactly. This, this stuff's cyclical. I think Stella still wants Kylo to be redeemed by, by the end of the, the next movie. I think he will be. I don't. I, I think at this point he's irredeemable. The closest he, the the only thing he's done that shows any sort of redeemable characteristic is that he didn't kill his mom. Yeah, just barely. Although that just occurred to me, he thinks she's dead. Yeah, that's an interesting. Like that might come up in the future. I mean, yeah. who knows what they're going to do without Carrie Fisher? Right, it seems like weird. But thing I to mean, leave, does but... he? They all seem to have these force links where they just know these things. You would think that. If she had died, then he would have felt it. Like, they constantly are feeling other people. Yeah, but then in Force Awakens, he's like, he's in the same building as Han and can't find him. Like, he knows he's on the planet. He has the, like, Han Solo. But Han doesn't right. have the Force, <laughs> Jesse. Oh, okay, so it's like an active... Force links. Right, okay, so if it goes one way, it's only a passive signal? Yeah, there you go. Okay, fair enough. But, I mean, that is something I wanted to bring up, but I was, I was going to save nitpicks for later, but... Leia surviving that thing. Yeah, let's, 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 yeah I've got a uh, list yeah, of nitpicks. Yeah, 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 yeah. We'll come back. Right. So, Kylo Ren, is it still possible for him to go back? I don't know. Like, I don't think he has to go all the way back. I'm not saying convert from like dark side to light side. I'm just saying come out somewhere in the middle. <laughs> I think he's... I, like, he, you know, he, he murdered his parents and became an evil, tyrannical despot, but he also like helps out at the food bank on Thursdays. But like, but like 
he ends up with Ray. So I mean, in in Stella's defense, it sort of happened bass backwards with uh, with Darth Vader the way we saw it. But Anakin Skywalker kills a bunch of helpless Jedi children, and by the end of Return of the Jedi, he's redeemed. He kills the Emperor. Luke loves him, and yeah, he shed a damn tear over his weird face. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, Luke believes he's redeemed. And I guess we in the audience do because we see his smiling force ghost. Yeah. But everyone else in the galaxy, it's like, okay, well, yeah, he threw an old man in a hole. Good. But, like, what are the scales on that, you know? Darth Vader. Yeah. Like, that's, that's hard to balance. I don't know. People can be very forgiving. But, I mean, could you see a similar redemption for Kylo mm-hmm. where maybe the galaxy doesn't forgive him but Ray does and they go and live in uh, Tatooine and raise their little Rey sand babies? Ray already forgave him for killing Han Solo. I guess so. Yeah, she sort of. totally, yeah. like, all about him for a little bit there. Yeah, she, she's definitely mirroring the, the Luke and Jedi, like, you know, there's still good in him. He can come back. Yeah, when everyone absolutely. else is like, no. Yeah. <laughs> you crazy. <laughs> He is 100% forgiven him already. Which, you know, it's, I, I guess because she's stuck on this planet with a grumpy old man who isn't at all what she expected, uh, and, and he's the only connection to the outside world that she has, the only friend. The right, it's also love. Because she's Dom shirtless. She didn't like it. She was all like, put <laughs> she, a shirt on, please. She, that's what she said. That's what she said, Cam. But afterwards, she was like, damn. <laughs> she kept trying to force time him, being like, oh, ooh, you're not taking a shower, are you? <laughs> you watched a very different movie. <laughs> I the movie I wanted to watch. <laughs> I guess that's fair. Uh, I don't know. I, I mean... The thing with these two characters is that they're so intertwined right now. Like, what happens to Kylo Ren is going to be a direct result of what happens to Rey and vice versa. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, certainly they're on the outs, right? We see that he does the mental link on his own now when he's all at his weakest and she very literally slams a door in his face. Right. Which, very dramatic. Very epic. And then he looks back down and the dice disappear. And he's Uh, Ghost dice. That was uh, a weird choice, but, you know, uh, I'll allow it. Yeah. Hmm. Again, we'll have to circle back. Right, right. Yeah, but so what's going to happen to these two characters? Like The question of can Kylo come back to the good, Is the the question is also, like, is Rey going to be able to stay on the good? I just think they're going to end up not in either. I think that they're just going to say whatever to this pointless war. Go off together and become farmers on some sort of godforsaken planet. Uh, moisture farmers on oh, Tatooine? Oh, I think moisture farmers, <laughs> yeah, on Tatooine. I think that would be the perfect would be a nice circle. Just right back there. <laughs> but, uh, so how, wh- why do people think, like, what is the evidence that Ray is going to go evil? Oh, man, nobody needs any evidence for any of this I stuff. So, but I just feel like there's plenty of breadcrumbs to get you to Kylo being redeemed. I don't see any breadcrumbs for Ray becoming evil. They're Kind of are. I mean, Luke said that, you know, she seemed to have quite the draw to the dark side. She, He said she went, like, to the darkness right away, and she didn't try to fight it at all. And then, I mean, Snoke I mean, so to... did Luke in, on Dagobah, and Luke force-choked those uh, Gamorrean guards in Jabba's <laughs> palace. That's dark side. Well, maybe Luke knew his own weaknesses, too. It's true. There's, there are a lot of things. Like, even in Force Awakens, like, you know, like Kylo referenced it. He says it's that look you had, like the look on your face that was from the forest. Like, she, like for a minute there, she was going to kill him. Yeah. yeah. Which is a bad guy thing to do in this world. 
Um, in in the books, they even like like in the the novelization of the Force Awakens, they even like you know, and it's as if she heard a voice telling her to kill it, and like that yeah. could be. I mean, we already know from this movie now that Snoke was influencing Kylo. And yeah, so that Rey. might have, it might be a literal yeah. voice, yeah. which is the fun thing about Star Wars. Yeah. And you know, while we're talking about things we liked, going back to Snoke, you know, Snoke didn't have much of a presence in Force Awakens, and in the trailers for this. I just he felt very you know Andy Serkisy, but in the actual movie, I thought he was great. I thought the CG was a little weird, a weird choice, but I thought the performance was great. I loved the writing, like the how he was just such a jerk to yeah. Kylo, to everybody, to everybody. Yeah, he was he's, so, he's so full of himself and yeah. so assured and just yeah, like it just he, he played a very one-dimensional bad guy very well, very convincingly. I guess I I wouldn't call him one dimensional, but I hear what you're saying. Like he's very he's just evil. He's yeah. just a jerk. But he was so sly about it. But it was absolutely fantastic how he narrated his own demise. I just love that. <laughs> like I knew it was gonna happen, so I could I feel like I could appreciate it even more. I was like, <laughs> no, it's you you missed out. Like yeah. the, the way that shot when he starts narrating, mm. the camera is in focus, like on Ray kneeling and Kylo yeah. bringing up the saber, and then they do a pull focus yeah. to his left hand yeah. where he's just starting to make yeah. the fist, and you and then it cuts to the Skywalker lightsaber turning, and you immediately know, but it's like, is it going to work? Yeah. Right. And those like fifteen seconds of the movie lasted for years. I hate that kind of thing. Oh god. I was I on, to know. I I was on the know. edge of my seat, popcorn hanging out of my mouth. <laughs> just like it raptured like what is this? like how is this gonna happen? That's what I'm saying. A lot of people could have saved their lives if they had just not <laughs> been <jerks> nice. <laughs> All he needed was a little kindness. I love uh, how it, it sliced through Snoke yeah. and then he pulled it forward yeah. so it rips out of him and then he Splits in half and just falls over. Make it very clear that this isn't one of those, yeah. you know, like just one of those random blaster wounds. But hey, Darth Maul survived it. True. <laughs> oh, I know so many people are saying that. Yeah. The comment sections that I read all the time. <laughs> uh, that fight scene was fantastic. After oh, that, so with the good. the red guards, what are they called? The, the Praetorian, Praetorian, Praetorian guards. Praetorian. I I know. It, it's arguably uh, just a way to sell toys, but I love how they each had their own weapons, and they, they was uh, it was so cool, such a cool scene. My mom thought it was very silly. She thought that as soon as their employer was killed, they'd be like, whatever. Someone... As any employee would do. Yeah. <laughs> I'd be like, are you my boss now? I'd be like, hey. My take on it was that they aren't employees. They're like, like disciples. disciples. Yeah. yeah. I see that. Is I, it... I would have been the employee when, like, yeah. I'll, I'll help cool, you fight right? these other guys. Yeah, but in, in which case, I don't know that you'd make the red cloak thing. What with the whole, I cannot be betrayed, I can read everybody's mind. You know, you might not quite get there. And yet that idiot got betrayed, so here we are. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, my question, we've got these new... Uh, Praetorian guards, but where are the other Knights of Ren? Is that going to be answered? I Who knows? So because they showed them, they well, looked cool. they showed guys. Yeah. They showed guys. But I, mean, I think they were in magazines. I think they yeah, had that the, caption like, as the Knights of Ren in magazines that I read before the Force Awakens. And, and like they in, cool encyclopedias, the official Star Wars yeah. Force Awakens encyclopedias. And they have all these cool anime weapons. <laughs> They're just a cool bunch of guys. So. I mean, maybe it's just something for the novels. 
Yeah, that or the, it, and that's yeah, and that's the other thing about that's what's cool about Star Wars is that a lot of this is going to have to be in novels. I'll admit I'm a little cranky that I know now I'm going to have to read a Snoke novel. <laughs> um, I'm willing to bet he's not coming back in nine. I'm willing to bet that there's going to be Snoke, the paperback, and I'm going to have to read all of that to figure out where he's from. Yeah, right. I don't think he's coming back either. I don't think there's any point in him coming back. No, I thought it, it worked perfectly it as a foil. Yeah. In the end, what he was there for was just for someone else to act on. Yeah. I think I think one of the things that we are not going to have a chance to appreciate that, that we do have with the the original trilogy is that we have the benefit of being able to watch those movies as a complete whole. Mm-hmm. We don't have time to speculate in between. Mm-hmm. Like when we first watched the original trilogy, that was it. They were done. It was a complete thing. There was no like I don't think we have the same hatred for no. the Ewoks that I, I mean I was also like 6. Exactly, that too, that too. But we don't have, because we watch them so young, but I think when people go back in years and are able to watch these movies as a whole, the disappointment of Snoke won't be there, because it'll just be a given. Yeah, because it won't be disappointing because you wouldn't have been looking forward to it. You'll just go from one movie to the next. Anyway, we we got to keep going. There's lots of things that we like, and then we have to get into the things we didn't like. (laughs) One of the last things I wanted to bring up on my list of things that I really liked, that people are still kind of controversial about, the return of Puppet Yoda. Which was I it thought actually a puppet. Apparently, it was actually a puppet, which I believe because it looked like the puppet Yoda. Now I know I spoke to a guy who hated that, like he hated the look of it because really? it, he thought it didn't fit in with the rest of the movie and it ruined it and it, like it took you out of the immersion. I thought it was great to see like, both to see that effect back and to have that character back. Like you forget yeah. puppet like classic trilogy Yoda. And prequel Yoda are very different characters. Very much so. Yeah. There's no lulls with prequel Yoda. No. There's... He's boring and plain and then CG fight scenes. Yeah. Whereas a classic trilogy Yoda is this weird little goblin. And having that weird little goblin come back, especially to, you know, like, like... knock Luke in the head, literally, as well as figuratively, I thought was a great addition to this movie. Yeah. And I, I thought... I mean, I, I didn't pick up on him actually being a puppet. I just thought that they had CG'd him so he'd be more puppety. And I appreciated that because it's like, well, this, you know, this is supposed to be after the original trilogy, so they need to go with that look more than the prequels because, you know, maybe aging a CG Yoda makes him more puppety. Maybe that's how it works in that universe. Sure. <laughs> but I I did really appreciate that touch. Uh, and it was just great to have him back, for sure. And the, him, I, I wasn't sure if it was in character or out of character because... Like you said, the prequel Yoda and the original trilogy Yoda are so different, but burning the house and at least seemingly burning the, yeah. the Jedi books is was a, a cool thing too. Although, I mean, I mean that, that's for later on the list of small things, but let's hit that right now. Did Yoda know that Rey took the books? I say I, yes. I can't tell. I say yes because he's yeah. a ghost. Yeah, he knows everything. <laughs> he knows everything. <laughs> All right, okay, fine. But it, so that line where he says, I think the line is like, that library contains nothing that the girl Ray doesn't already have. If the books are destroyed, that's a huge compliment to Ray. What he's saying is that, like, well, it supports his whole thing. Like, you don't need what's in the books. It's like who you are that counts. Right. If he knows she took the books, <laughs> then it's just him messing with Luke. <laughs> I like either explanation. <laughs> the one thing that, that is a little, uh, I don't know, a little something about that scene is it's the first time that I can think of of a Force ghost being able to manipulate the, the physical world. 
uh, hmm, certainly the first time one can call down lightning, but in Jedi, the Obi-Wan ghost, like, he brushes some leaves off of a log and sits down on it. Does he brush the leaves off? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, well, so, like, it, it is canon that the ghosts, like, they, they don't behave like ghosts. Like, they seem to interact just fine with the physical world. Okay. So, I mean, that's weird, but it's canon. And also, it's like, how, like, it's, you know, that's not how the ghost of a dead space wizard would actually behave. It's, right. <laughs> I just, where it gets uh, a, a little hinky is, you know, if he can do that, what's stopping him from lightning bolting Kylo in his sleep or, or, you know, lightsabering Snoke's head off. Right. It, it falls under the thing of because it's a movie. Right. And we'll get to that list, too. So before we get onto the the dark side list, if you will, yeah. I do also want to say as I really like DJ the hacker. You See, know? I really disliked him. Really, I so thought he was a fascinating character. I thought he was just incredibly pointless, which ends up on the dark side list. But so here, while we're here, what did you like about him? I just thought it was a, a great performance. It was sort of filling the scoundrelly, but even to a greater extent, role that Han would normally have. But he's you know he's so hard to pin down. He's he helps them somewhat selflessly. Then he seems to want to take payment for what he does. Then he gives the payment back, but then he completely betrays them. And all that flip-flopping, by the time he leaves the movie, I felt a little empty about the whole thing. But I also feel like, well, there's got to be more. Like, he's got to come back in the next movie and have some sort of further story. So, again, the, the problem with, with reviewing a, a middle part of a trilogy... Oh, yeah, no, we know, we know. Yeah. But for, for what he was in this movie... I don't know. I felt like he added – he was very conveniently placed for adding nothing to the movie. Like it's almost like what would happen in real life if you met a guy who was just a guy. Like he wouldn't – like he's not a superhero. He's just a guy. But in a movie, I don't want it to be realistic. I want it to be this encapsulating adventure. And I mean he's like, still a pretty good hacker. Yeah, I guess. It doesn't seem like it takes much to get onto the ship, but right. But I just I don't know. I I think I was mostly frustrated by the fact that he didn't seem to do anything. You're right. The performance, like he was interesting. Yeah, and he had the weird little stutter thing, and and Benicio del Toro just sold it really well. I, and I was really excited about him being in the first Guardians of the Galaxy movie as the Collector, and I was sort of let down because he didn't have that much to do. In this, he had a meteor role, even if it didn't end up leading anywhere he he had stuff to say he had gave an interesting performance and i i just liked his addition to star wars he's something i don't think we've really seen before yeah okay i can accept that he's definitely like all the scoundrels in star wars so far have turned out to have the scoundrels of hearts of gold yeah whereas at least so far he seems to be literally just scoundrelly yeah and he's not charming like like lando or han right yeah or were Okay, so on that, that note... Was, that's a good uh, segue, since yeah. we have different opinions about him. Yeah, on to the dark side. Yeah. I, I gotta stress, Finn's entire arc in this movie, I understand the intent. The intent is for Finn to get like a broader look at the world. Right. But I just found the execution so lacking. I mean, and, and yeah, I, like, the casino was very pretty to look at, but nothing they did... Especially on the casino, but throughout the whole arc, nothing they did affected anything. It was Indiana Jones in, in Raiders. Right. Like, you take him out of the movie, nothing changes. And I felt that the movie... I felt like the movie was really long. It's only, like, 15 minutes longer than Force Awakens. But it felt long, and I think a lot of it was because I just wasn't... Like, like they weren't going anywhere with the Finn stuff. I guess so. That could definitely have been cut down. It also felt... 
like they they I think they set this sort of six hour time limit from that when uh, Finn and Rose leave the flagship they've got six oh, hours it's, it's, eight, they... it's 18 hours oh, and that's okay. another thing we got to circle back on um, I'll, I'll give you a preview right now because how long was Ray on the island then right if it's 18 hours for this entire movie like because we get the impression she's there for days yeah but we'll come back to that yeah the, just they, they set this time limit and they have such an important task but then like they escape on the horse kangaroo and they get to the clay oh they can't get away and Finn says, well, it was worth it, you know, to tear up that town. It was? You're on this insane quest, like, for you to save this girl that you're obsessed with and to save, like, the entire rebellion, but it was worth it because you messed up a casino? And then Rose, like, takes the saddle off and sends it away with its herd. It's like, well, now it's worth it because we saved a horse kangaroo. And it's like, okay, A... The herd of horse kangaroo is within sight of the track that he rescued them from. You can see it right over there, and they have flying machines. <laughs> and B, again, all of your friends and everything you love and everything you believe in is about to be destroyed and the galaxy taken over by evil, but it was worth it because you tore up a computer-generated casino and rescued a horse kangaroo. In their defense, I will say, I think they knew it was a long shot getting this thing to work. In the first place. And B, you gotta find a silver lining. If you fail as miserably as that, you gotta find some sort of silver lining. But just that, that wasn't what the performance was indicating. The performance was indicating, like, well, I'm proud of myself and what I did today. I it's guess like, don't so. be proud, be panicked. <laughs> the, the thing that leads them to that planet is, is a message from, or a conversation with Maz Kanata... Which I thought that could have been cut. Like, that added nothing. Her her stupid conversation with them while she was having a, a shootout with her employees over a thing. I thought that was so... It, it really seemed like, like they were contractually obligated yeah. to have Lupita Nyong'o appear in this movie, I guess. And they just needed to stick her in somewhere. It was so unnecessary. It could have You could have put all of her lines into Poe and just have Poe be like, Oh, I know this hacker guy. He's probably there. You should go find him. Yeah. And, again, overlapping with the nitpicky list a bit, how does Poe know who she is? Well, I'm sure that'll be covered in a comic book. In a comic book or something, (laughs) yeah. Uh, So, yeah, I just... So, Finn's whole arc was pointless. Um, I do buy that his character grew up a little, but I didn't like the intent. Rose, I just couldn't figure out what she added to the movie. I liked her performance. Yeah, she makes it sort of a love triangle. But when did she fall in love with him? Like That's a good question. <laughs> yeah, because that came out of nowhere. Yeah. And, For Finn, too. Yeah, and I, and, I, and I give it, I forgive it a little because Finn seems weirded out, too. Yeah. Like, maybe that's something they're doing. It's like with, like, it's, I forgive them a little for the bare chest and Kylo Ren because Rey is weirded out by it. Like, it's, it's not, they're aware that it's weird. Yeah. And Finn seems aware that it's weird that Rose suddenly cares for him. But why was she there? Why was she in the movie? What did she add? I mean, her sob story, it's like, like, I grew up in a mining town, and the First Order was really mean, and they conquered us and took everything, so I hate the people on this horse kangaroo racing planet. <laughs> uh, uh? <laughs> uh, look, I can't, I can't uh, argue that. I, uh, honestly, I really need to see the movie again. A lot of that casino <laughs> stuff has sort of uh, drained from my memory, which I guess is a, a sign of... Well, yeah, that tells you exactly what you need yeah. to know about the casino It art. really adds nothing. It was 
uh, again, like there was a lot of cool stuff. It was it was a cantina type scene with all the weird aliens and, and neat architecture and yeah, it's like stuff. A, it's like a fun turnaround of Moss Eisley, right? right? A rich Moss Eisley. But I, I do think that a lot of the stuff in those scenes has a more interesting message about war profiteering and these uh, rich people playing both sides against each other. Like like when DJ is flipping through what's on the ship and it's like schematics for yeah, all the ties and yeah, then the X wing, yeah. I, I like that, but I guess, you know, if if all you're getting out of it is a sort of, uh, you know, social justice message and it doesn't actually add anything to the plot, yeah. maybe it's something you should have cut. And that's what I mean by I understand the intent. Right. Like they needed Finn to grow up a little. Um, I don't know. I mean, I guess Rose needed to, like, learn to be a hero, but I don't know why because she didn't have to be in the movie at all. Right. But Finn needed to grow up and broaden the world, but he should have done that with Poe. He should have done that with Poe Dameron. They should have both left the ship and done something. Because Poe doesn't do any, like, it's more interesting. Like, I, I liked that. And but... Poe has more to do in this movie than he did in Force Awakens. Yeah. But here's a question for you. Am I crazy or were, were we promised a, a gay couple in this Star Wars movie? Well, we weren't promised. It was, was just it hinted at? It seems very strongly hinted at if you watch Maybe. Force Awakens. No, I mean, like, <laughs> not just the Finn and the Poe of it all. I know that wasn't going to happen. But <laughs> yeah. uh, I maybe I'm confusing it with the promises of, of Star Trek, where they kept being like, well, there's going to be a gay couple in the Star Trek TV series. There's going to be a gay couple. No, I don't that. think there was anything like that for Star Wars. Okay. Um, they have been on that. Like, they keep conspicuously mentioning, like, same-sex couples in a lot of the Expanded Universe stuff. Right. Like, in the books, it all like, it just always happens to come up. Like, they're trying to be much more inclusive. Right. But I don't think that was strictly laid out, like, and this is going to be a movie about gay Jedi. I think someone uh, online read into the uh, the Leia and, what's her name, Voldo? Uh, Holdo. Vice Admiral Holdo. Holdo. Uh, their hand-holding at the end. The people were reading into that, but I was like, I no, don't think no, so. no. There's nothing yeah, there. There's nothing there. Okay, so speaking of Poe, he's at the center of a lot of the really lame jokes in this movie. Yeah, the when when, which to be fair is how Force Awakens started. <laughs> like, except I, I, I don't think I like in Force Awakens. I bought it more. I liked it more. It was it, it had more going on. I think it's because because Kylo wasn't part he wasn't falling for the joke he wasn't the butt of the joke poe was just like trying to be funny in the face of great danger whereas whereas hux gets drawn right into it i swear i was watching this i I was like this seems like something out of a robot chicken parody you know yes Uh, so do you want to describe the the gag or should we just assume everyone no we everyone's seen the movie at the beginning when he's like i'm on hold for hux and can he he hear me i thought that was so bad it Almost ruined the movie for See, me. See, I didn't hate it. I mean, I, I thought it was a weird way to start the movie off, but I laughed. I was like, this is so tonally off of what is a normal Star Wars joke. I, and, you know, people are like, oh, Star Wars doesn't have jokes like that. Star Wars has jokes. There are funny things. And there's stuff later in the movie that fits the Star Wars sense of humor yeah. more. Like uh, Chewie, you know, and eating the porgs. And the porgs. Yeah. <laughs> I, I like those sort of gags better because they fit the world better. This literally felt like, you know, how Robot Chicken and Family Guy, they, like, 
they like to take stuff from these fantasy things and play them like they would in the real world, and that, that is yeah. what it felt like. You're right. That's yeah, and that's why it was so awkward. It yeah. didn't feel like it was a joke in that universe. And uh, when Finn wakes up, like in all the trailers, like Finn is unconscious, and I thought he'd spend most of the movie in these back to beds or whatever. <laughs> he wakes up in the first scene, yeah, <laughs> and then he like falls out and explodes in water, and I was just like, this is not what I want from my Star Wars. I, hmm, I, I mean, I like, I liked the jokes, uh, but I can see what you're saying about Poe. Finn, I buy that. Finn spends all these movies blundering around, tripping over things, not knowing so. what's going on. I absolutely buy that for him. In a way, he's got kind of like a three PO thing going on. Yeah, where just stuff is happening around him, and he's falling over things and doesn't know what's going on. I, I buy it for. I'm gonna like. I'm. I agree. <laughs> I found him too slapsticky. I'm, I'm giving you Poe. I can see why that would be weird, but Finn, no, Finn. I like that. Like, I like that he's clumsy and just doesn't, oh. just can't figure it out. Okay, how about Luke throwing the lightsaber away? That didn't bother me as much as it's bothered everyone else. I don't think they remember that he's done that before. Like he does it in Jedi too. What do you mean? Like um, he when when Vader's you know, and now we I, I've been doing it too, but now we can't just call it Jedi. Return of the Jedi can't just be Jedi. Shit. <laughs> You're right. Damn. <laughs> oh, that's going to be a problem now, going forward. Now it's return and it's last. Return and last. Okay. In return, when the Emperor is, I'll kill you, the father. And Luke says, no, I'm not going to kill him. I'm a Jedi. He throws the saber away. Okay, like, but that's a totally different. That's throwing a saber away and being like, I refuse to, I reject this because I don't want to kill my father. As opposed and to like, Luke is now, this is my lightsaber. And now in last, he's saying, I reject this because I don't want to be what you, this person. But there's a difference between throwing it forehand and throwing it over your shoulder. Really? There really? Is, there is. <laughs> there, one is a dramatic turn and the other is Laurel and Hardy. Nah, no, oh. I don't. And lots of people agree with you, so I guess I guess it is. And, and I don't disagree with with the intent, and I, I I understand the message. I don't have a problem with him rejecting the lightsaber. So I if just he thought it was too gaggy, so if he threw it like thirty degrees to the left, yeah, if he threw it to the side, that would have been okay. okay. Yeah, all right, it would have been dramatic as opposed <laughs> to for yucks. I can't believe it. It's it's such a minute difference, it's, but okay, all right. That's all it would take. I've got nitpicks too. Okay, so another Luke joke scene is when he milks the weird sea creature and then <laughs> drinks the green milk and like he's like and wipes his beard of the green milk. I thought that was like it didn't bother me as much as some of these other jokes, but I was like, oh, this is just weird. Well, I think that's the idea. Like he's like, this is Luke being Yoda in Empire. This right. is I'm just a weird old hermit living off the land. Go away. Yeah. So I'm I'm okay with that. I guess so. It was again. It didn't feel tonally Star Wars to me. It felt more like something out of Holy Mountain or but, but that's but that <laughs> sort Hobo. of but that sort of circles back to what we were talking about before, right? What was tonally Star Wars isn't anymore, and that's the whole point of this movie. It's that they're changing it. Right. It doesn't have to be what it used to be anymore. And I and I. I get that. I get why that's hard because we were talking a few episodes ago. I went through that with Star Trek Discovery. Yeah. That show is not Star Trek. No. It is not tonally Star But once I got over that, I was able to enjoy the show a lot more. But I think, you know, it's just, I don't know. Uh, that so, one's a minor one. I can okay. get past that. It's weird, but I can live with it. Uh, okay, what else we got? Yeah. yeah, that's most of the things that really bugged me that I didn't like. Uh, one thing I wanted to mention that like everybody didn't like that I don't mind is the Captain Phasma thing. 
Uh, once again, she shows up, accomplishes nothing, and is defeated and maybe destroyed. People hate that because, again, there's that build-up. They want this character to do so many cool things. I've been saying since Force Awakens, she's the Boba Fett of this trilogy. She looks cool, and she sells toys, and she has a couple of lines, and then the heroes beat her and move on. But I think like, I think the big difference is that Boba Fett is actually competent. <laughs> and I know Is he? Because blind Han... Boba Fett? Boba Fett where? I hear you. Okay. <laughs> like, Competent may be not the right word, but especially in, in that, the you know, Sarlacc pit fight scene. But, you know, you could argue that he was just drunk from partying with Jabba. But, but in- all you ever see Boba Fett do is he waits in his ship and he catches the Falcon. Okay, good. Besides that, all he does is stand. Like, but he successfully led everyone to capture capture Han. He's he's successful in that effort, and he's only defeated the ones, right? Like he's only killed one. <laughs> That's still technically one one. Like, that... but Phasma has uh, uh, is has no successes on her record. Like, what did she do other than blow up a hermit village in the middle of in on? Wherever that I would was. argue sitting in a ship and waiting for the Falcon to leave isn't dramatically more... He does like, better than all the other bounty hunters. Which, I mean, bounty hunters, man. I mean, we don't need that scum. <laughs> but I, I, I feel like this is a really narrow dividing line, again. If, if only Captain Phasma had died 30 degrees to the left, then it would have been more totally... Been cooler. <laughs> I, I did like when uh, she called him, uh, called Finn scum, and he was like, yeah, rebel scum. I, I like that moment, and that almost makes her worthwhile just for... Just for that. giving that opportunity? Yeah. yeah. Another thing I had a problem with in this is uh, what I have called the Deus Ex BB-8. Yeah, BB-8 saves the day a lot. A lot, and and incomprehensibly like he when he saves them in the prison and he shoots all those coins out like how long was he sitting there getting coins fed into them by that weird little wacky alien played by mark hamill played by mark hamill i did read that as well mm. but there were a lot of coins in there and we saw like three go in yeah again the answer is because it's a movie it's over an atst that one was a little, yeah. yeah. Like, apparently he has infinite robot claws in him. Like we see right at the beginning when he's trying to fix the yeah. X-Wing. Again, very like, slapsticky. I mean, it's Star Wars. You have to suspend your disbelief. Yes. But he's got a lot of tools in that little ball. That's, that's <laughs> impressive. Uh, but if he can do that, then I guess like he can you know, pilot a couple. Just, all he needs is a couple of joysticks. So I Apparently, I don't think uh, Chewie was able to pilot it that effectively in, in Return of the Jedi. Man, that is going to suck. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he seemed to do pretty good. He did, but... There's you know, Chewie there and a couple of Ewoks, guys. as you recall. Yeah, this is BB-8 on his own. Yeah, but if he has infinite hands, right? So. I guess. I don't know. I like BB-8, but he was starting to, to get beyond what I, I found acceptable. What you're willing to accept yeah. from the droid. Yep, I'll accept that. Uh, Space Leia? Yeah, that's... I'm okay with it, but I don't understand why it was in the movie. Yeah. And I didn't like the way it was shot. I feel like that moment got way more emphasis than it needed to, specifically because everyone was waiting to see what was going to happen to Princess Leia. Now, is that um, the movie's emphasis, or is that the emphasis I think, the audience puts on it? I think I think it's both. I think the people shooting this movie, like I feel like it was edited, like to make it especially super dramatic because it doesn't make sense. Like, why blow her out of the ship just to bring her back? Like, yeah. if you want to knock her unconscious, have something hit her in the head. Yeah. Problem solved. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And it, it makes her 
so much more powerful than is necessary, I think. Like, maybe I'm just reading too much into what they did in the Expanded Universe books from before, but she was never a very powerful Jedi. Mm, I'm, I'm willing to accept the... You know, like those, like like you know, when a when a mother sees her baby trapped under a car, and she suddenly has so. the strength to lift the car. Like she suddenly has the strength to come back to life and fly through space to well, get back not, into the comfort of. Well, her I don't think she was ever. Bridge. I don't think she was ever dead. I think she was asphyxiating in space. But she was unconscious, but, right? Like she's her eyes are closed and she's floating there, and then her eyes open up and she zooms back in. Again, that's really nitpicky. Ter- was she unconscious? Was she hurt? Was she just like uh, resting her eyes? It just I, well, if you just got blown up and sucked into space, I'd be closing my eyes. I close my eyes when, like sometimes when a car comes too close when I'm crossing the street. <laughs> uh, again, though, like that's getting into those really fine details. I, I think where the real answer is, it's because it's a movie. I did think it was a really weird scene. Yeah. I would have just had you know like a bridge thing fall on her yeah. and knock her out. That would have saved us all the trouble. Um, but I'm sure some people were, like, you know, the people who think of Carrie Fisher as their princess, capital T, capital P, mm-hmm. I'm sure they were jazzed to see her do a Force thing. I guess so maybe I, we're just not the target demo for that. To me, the best, like, Carrie Fisher moment is at the end of the movie when uh, Poe is like, oh, we should follow the little crystal fox thing out of here. Oh, and and she, then they all turn to look at Leia, and then she looks behind her and is like, what are you looking at me for? Let's follow him. I was like, that is Carrie Fisher. That's bringing some of her magic to the mm-hmm. role. Also, the I changed my hairline was yes. very Carrie Fisher. Yes, that was... yes. Apparently she wrote that scene. Really? Yeah. yeah. Okay, good for her. Yeah. she's. I mean, she was a ghostwriter in uh, yeah, Hollywood yeah. for ages. She's uh, I'll have a shown. It's, smart uh, lady. For her. All right. So another nitpicky thing. Well, here are we are we done with the big things we didn't like? Sure. Okay, then yeah, let's segue into the nitpicky list. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> I just saw Jesse's nitpicky list. We're gonna be here for another day. Uh, so the so there's the uprising that Poe leads against Holdo, and he takes over. And I, I thought he had a cool arc, as much as he didn't necessarily accomplish much. There was a lot of him like thinking he knew best and then being proven wrong and like sort of having to mature. Yeah, I thought that was done well. I thought that was done well. One of those things was he leads a mutiny against uh, uh, Admiral Holdo and takes over the ship and then uh, Leia comes in and knocks him out and they take him off. And But the thing that really frustrated me is that she, Holdo has this plan. She's not just going to tell anyone about it, but she's the leader. you got to do what she says. Whether you agree with it or not, she's the brain. She knows more about the situation than you do. And Poe almost screws the whole thing up for her, almost ruins the entire plan and the chances of the rebellion or the uh, resistance, they, they, whatever they're calling themselves yeah. now, uh, their, their whole chance at survival. And she, they're loading his unconscious body into a transport, and she turns to Leia and is like, you know, I think I like him. And I was, I was like, why? Why would you like him? He did nothing but screw up your plan. Yeah, but it's that passion. It's that, like, hot shot. It's that she sees in him the potential for who he is at the end of the movie. I guess so. Like, and, and, and you can tell, like, from the like, once you get the whole thing together, you can see that Leia has seen that, too. She yeah. knows that he has it in him to be, like, the leader of the Resistance. I, I buy it. But he has Leia. to grow up. I buy it with Leia. I would have. I, I don't buy it with Holdo. Like she's been with him for like a couple of hours. There's, he's completely. Well, she's been unlikable. in command of him for a couple of right. hours. Like we get the impression she's been around. She's yeah, a vice admiral. I don't get the impression that they were aware of each other necessarily. Right. He doesn't know who she is. That's yeah. true. He's very. Although he knows of her reputation. So tricky. Another thing. Uh, he he and Ray get introduced at the end, and Stella was like. 
how much time were they spending together on the the base uh, in the previous movie where they didn't run into each other? Finn was never like, hey, here's my buddy Poe. No, I mean, things happen really fast at the end of Force Awakens, right? The Falcon lands, Leia doesn't hug Chewie. Um, she does this time. It, yeah, she does this time. As, as I noticed that. Good for them. Yeah. Um, she hugs Ray. R2 wakes up for no reason. They have the map. Here's where Luke Skywalker is. She goes to find Luke Skywalker. She changes clothes. She's got some time there. Some okay. downtime. Yeah. I think, Gets a new hairdo. I, I don't know if you want to get into how long it takes a woman to change her hair and her clothes, but not a lot of time seems to have passed there. I'm willing to buy that they've never like, like that they know. I, each, I, but, yeah, I yeah. will give that. And, and I have to say, there was, and I, I it must be intentional, but there is more chemistry between Ray and Poe in that yeah, one, one line, line than between her and Finn in two movies. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, they do it deliberately yeah. because Ray is watching Finn like pull the the covers up on Rose. Yeah, and you're like, oh, what's going on there? And then hotshot, handsome X-wing pilot. Hey there, Jedi she's, lady. She's not like, like jealously like, hey, what's going on there? She's more like. Oh, what's going on that Finn's got a girlfriend? Yeah. Ooh. Right. Oh, Dameron. <laughs> <laughs> so who knows where they're going with this? Uh, uh, okay, so what, what's on your nippy yeah. list? Okay. Um, yeah, we gotta, we're got we coming up on time, so I'm going to go through these. Lightning like, round? Kind of. Just let me know. Like uh, Right now, my answer for all of these is because it was a movie. Okay. If you have a better answer, <laughs> I don't like that answer, I have to say. Okay. But go on. So first off. Where was the Resistance Star Cruiser and those super bombers during Force Awakens? Because the climax of Force Awakens is there's this big thing that they're trying to blow up on the ground. Right. It seems like those bombers, which slowly hover over a target and drop a whoop load of bombs, <laughs> would have been pretty helpful. That would have been cool. They, were, uh, uh, they had been defending one of the planets that got destroyed. They were too far away to get to Man. Starkiller Base. Come on. I mean, yeah, that's what I mean. Say, yeah. But it's like, where, like, that doesn't make any sense. Where were they? The idea of the bombs dropping is a little confusing. It actually does fit in Star Wars canon because yes. their ships behave like they're in an atmosphere, even though it's right. space. But it's still like, where's like, how does, like, I guess there's gravity in space too. If you can accept that the TIE fighters make a cool screaming noise. Yeah, then I can by. accept that. Yeah. I, but it did, it was something that I sort of, it was like, I was or, wondering why weren't the bombers attacking? And it took me a little bit to figure out that, oh, it's because they literally are trying to fly on top of this thing and drop things. Right. Because, like, which everything takes, else uses torpedoes. Like, they shoot missiles at each yeah, other. Yeah, which is more like an underwater thing. Yeah. Although, I guess in Empire, we do see the TIE bombers bombing the asteroids. So. Yeah, yeah. So there's precedence. Yeah, okay. Let that go. Um, I had, same as you, why didn't Holdo just tell them the plan? Just take Poe. Like, even just take Poe and be like, listen, Poe, we are going somewhere. It's going to be okay. Calm down. <laughs> Honestly, that didn't bother me that much. Because I, I understand it, there's a, in a military and a, there's a, a Yeah, you need, need to know. Yeah. But, I mean, it's the rebellion. Like, yeah. you know, half of them are wearing, like, they're wearing trousers, for God's sake. Like, just... <laughs> trousers. Yeah. I, I think another thing that, that Stella mentioned, or I read it somewhere, was like, People are upset about the death of Admiral Akbar and how sort of inconsequential oh, it was. Yeah, but and that's fair. But I also think like he could have played the role of Holdo. Like you don't necessarily need a new character. That could have been Admiral Akbar, and it would have been it would have added more to that character. I love that idea yeah. because, like you, I read all like the X Wing books yes. and the Rogue Squad, yes. and I know Admiral. To everyone else, Admiral Akbar is the funny fish man on the spaceship, right? I just, with that, I, agree. Like, I don't know that he could have communicated the emotions 
He needed through that mask. True. He would have been Very like the Klingon true. in Sun Discovery. I don't think Admiral Ackbar could have worked as a central character. And I think he works best as a back. I hate that they killed him. Yeah. Again, because of who I know him to be from 20 years of novels. <laughs> but he was always a D-lister. And Star Wars does have a woman problem. And adding more yeah. strong female characters is never a bad thing. Nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Wait, lightning round, lightning round. Um, okay, so... The, the resistance ships are lighter and faster, but we could keep up with them. Let's just keep shooting them for 18 hours. Don't send your giant fleet of TIE fighters out to blow them up. And I don't, and I don't understand how this part worked at all. So Kylo Ren goes out there in his cool new TIE yeah. with his wingmen and almost kills them all. Right. But then they get out of range of the capital ships, so he has to fall back because the capital ships can't cover him. There are no rebel fighters... And there's an entire First Order fleet that we know those ships carry waves and waves of TIE fighters. Yeah. Wouldn't have this been over in ten minutes? That one like, is a... Uh, you know, you're, you're right. You're right. It's, it's hard to yeah. justify. The but. answer is because it's a movie. But because they had the TIE fighter attack, that's right foremost in your mind. Like, oh, they're going to send their fighters. And then they just don't. But, okay, so hear me out. What if they get far enough away, the, the rebel ships get far enough away, maybe the ties only have a very limited amount of fuel, and if they go too far, they're not going to be able to get back and refuel? Even if that were true, would the First Order care? Well, I mean, let's we, say that they have fewer resources than the Empire. The Empire definitely wouldn't care, but maybe the First uh, Order has to be more careful. They have at least four of those resurgent-class ships... Which what are the the, 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 the big the big star destroyers? Okay, plus Snoke's super 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 star. I think it's actually called a mega destroyer. And they also like, built a planet sized yeah shooty thingy. They, like just just send the Tie Fighters yeah. build the convoy. Yeah. So that's weird. What else is on there? Um, the when they're bombarding the Rebel convoy, the turbo lasers arc. Like maybe they the shoot ships are big enough that there's gravity. Like they shoot up and then come back lasers. <laughs> Okay, I don't know. Fine, because it's a movie, it's right? A movie. Maybe, maybe it just looked weird because you saw it in 3D. Mm, pretty sure it was an arc. Saw it in 3D twice. Was watching. I saw it in 2D. It. I didn't notice it, but I wasn't looking for it, and it's not something I would necessarily notice. True. Okay, so put a, a maybe on that. Um, not even a nitpick, but just the fact that we can hyperspace through stuff now. I've always been wondering where is that? Why don't we do that more often? That's awesome. Great scene. Loved that scene. Where well, she sick. flies in and blows up when, the... When she takes the cruiser to light speed and just rams through the fleet. Very cool. Why haven't we seen that before? Doesn't matter. Well, because it's very dangerous and very few people are going to sacrifice themselves on these kamikaze missions. My problem with it was more to do with the, the sort of semi-modern movie trope of the one action destroying everything to end a threat in a movie. I don't know, man. Death Star Run, right? Like, I exactly. There is a lot of precedence for it, but yeah. it's like you know, beating Ultron defeats all of his little robot minions, and it solves the problem. In this one well, attack, and it blows up every single one of the ships. Well, but they still survive, right? They still follow them to crates. Yes. It doesn't yeah. solve the problem. It solves no. a problem. Yeah, but it's just weird that it never came up before. Um, where did Luke hear the name Darth Sidious? Like, I'm willing to say, okay, I guess off screen, maybe a bunch yeah. of what that was came out, but like. Maybe him and Yoda chatted about it. Does Yoda, Yoda would have known, yeah. Maybe Yoda was like, hey, remember I mean, the Emperor? I first knew him as Darth Sidious. Crazy, right? Yeah, maybe, maybe. Just seemed a little strange that he would have said Darth Sidious. I thought that was strange. I thought he would have, like, 
Luke, I feel like, would have said the Emperor. Yeah. Because he was always the Emperor. Yeah. Again, it's a movie. It matter. Um, I mentioned before, now I have to read a Snoke book. That's going to drive me crazy. Oh, this one. So Phasma, the reason that she's all chrome is because she's blaster-proof, apparently. Right. Like, you see Rose shoot her and it just pings off. So how do they hold her hostage in Force Awakens? They point a gun at her and say, lower the shields. But she's invulnerable. And uh, why isn't everyone in that t- kind of armor? Well, I mean, I'm sure it's very expensive. I guess so. Or it's made of, just her? made of rare, unobtainium, right, so only the captain gets it. <laughs> but still, if it would be like someone holding me hostage with a squirt gun. Right. I mean, oh, yes, sir, right away. Don't shoot me with your squirt gun. Like that. Maybe a point-blank range. It can do damage. Sure. Okay, there yeah, you go. Right. It's because of yes. the distance. Yeah. All right. I did not? it, guys. And then, the finally... The timeline in this movie is strange. Ray's on that island, like, we see a day and then a night and then a day, and then it looks like another night again before. So at least two days. Maybe so, time works differently. Maybe you're thinking like a 24-hour day, and they've got like a three-hour day. Okay, yeah, but, I mean, we get the impression she's there, like, she's there long enough to sleep and get a good night's sleep and wake up again. Like, it's weird. So, like... I guess it's possible the scene of her giving the saber to Luke chronologically could happen before the resistance starts evacuating. Yeah. And then she, like, catches up in time. But, like we said, they set a deadline. Like, Mm -hmm. near the beginning of this movie. Near, not right at the beginning, but near, you have 18 hours for all of this to happen. And it seems like she's on that island training for a long time. And this problem comes up in Empire as well with how long was Luke on Dagobah. Right. Like, apparently only long enough for them to get lost in the asteroid field for a while and then go to Cloud City. But we get the impression he's there for a long time. Like, there's a series of, you know, montages yeah. where he's training and getting better, and now she's doing the same thing. I feel like I can't tell how long she was there, and it weirds me out. But I think in that one more so than, say, uh, the Empire thing, which I had never really thought of before, but there aren't as many anchor points between the two timelines. Like, we, we there are a lot of anchor... We, we know that everything happening with uh, Finn and Poe and those guys is all, all happening at the same time, and it's all going at a consistent pace. Whereas the Ray stuff is very detached from that. We, we know generally when she leaves and gets there, and we know... That she gets back just in time to save them on crate, but we don't know how much time is necessarily passed in between there. Yeah, and it's not necessarily matching what's happening in the other storyline, right? Maybe again, it's hard to tell. Yeah, I mean, really, like what it is, like she shows up I mean, even before crate, like she gets there for Chewie to eject her so she can get onto the star destroyer, right? Yes. And right. then he doesn't go to help the resistance ships. But, okay. Um, he's got to hang around to try and save her. Yeah, he's got to wait to pick her up. Keep, yeah. yeah, keep the engine running. Yeah. Um, but it just, yeah, it's hard to narrow, it's hard to, to, to nail down the, just the time involved, and it's strange. And, like, one of the best ones I've heard, it's, like, well, those ships were traveling really fast, so there's a relativistic thing. <laughs> it's like, oh, you shut up. That's not what... Yeah. Um, but, again, that's my nitpicky list. Those are all things I feel like don't matter. Because it was a fun and exciting and right. interesting movie, but when you think about it, those are the things that don't really make sense. The time thing bothered me more with how long uh, Rose and Finn are on the casino planet for. Because it seems like they're they're I, like we don't know how long it takes them to get from the fleet to the planet and back again, and they spend so much time lollygagging on the the casino planet. Yeah, like, like like how long are they in prison for? Yeah, like how- maybe ten or eleven minutes. It seems like all the time that they have. Right. 
But I don't know. It just it, the timeline is a little weird. Best not to think about it. Yeah, and you don't have to. Yeah, because it was still fun and entertaining, and just I had such a good time. And I mean, I've been twice. The first time I went with an opening night crowd, so everyone was having a good time. So it was just infectious. Right, it was almost a religious thing. Right. Second time I just went with regular people. Still really good. Still felt like it was dragging during the casino thing, but where I love the Jedi stuff in this mm. movie. I think the Ray Kylo, like, who's seducing who, and then with a, a big cool fight at the end, but then who's going to turn, I think that's some of my favorite Star Wars stuff. Yeah, so solid. So on the whole, I'm ranking this movie pretty pretty high on my favorite Star Wars movies list. Do you want to do it? Do you want to do, like, a Not ranking? Yet. Not yet. Do you want to do it? Not yet. It needs more time to digest. Force Awakens. Force Awakens, I think, is a better movie. But there are parts of Last Jedi that I like better than any part of Force Awakens. Does I agree. that make it sense? Has, it has, Last Jedi has higher highs and lower lows. Yes. Yeah. Perfect. Oh, man. The, when the Falcon shows up on Crate and they play the, like, the cover of the original TIE Fighter attack music from A New Hope. Oh, Sorry. God. Be still my heart. <laughs> that was something I thought of. Uh, and, uh. And again, I'm not, I'm not a music guy or a score guy, but you know, I haven't heard a, piece of, a new piece of music from these sequel movies that has oh, stuck really? with me as much as anything from even Duel of the Fates. Like, Duel of the Fates still gets stuck oh, see, in my I head. I want to say Ray's theme is I hum that to myself all the time. Okay, I'll need to that, listen to And it. there's a lot of different motifs of it in this mm. this score. Like, it's, if anything, it's a little overplayed. Because okay. I have, like, the happy Ray music and the dark side Ray music and the confused Ray music. It's just the same song over and over, but I really like that song. All right. So, Star Wars The Last Jedi and Geek Top 5 for 2017. Ah, thank you so much for joining us for this year. This has been a blast. We will be back in January to continue, but until then, uh, special thanks to, to Stella Simeonova and to Rex Beckstead, who unfortunately <laughs> had to take off a little bit early and go down for you know, go down for a nap. But, <laughs> both uh, of them. Both of them. <laughs> uh, but special thanks to them for joining us, and as well to Stella for being our webmaster, making sure this all gets online where you can hear it. Special thanks to Jamie Reum, who's our musician-in-chief. Uh, you can find some more stuff from him. He's uh, Jamie Reum Official on YouTube. That's R-E-A-U-M-E. Uh, he also has a YouTube podcast called Originals and Covers and Beyond, which gets seriously intense into some music stuff. If you're into that kind of thing, it's pretty cool. You should check that out. We, um, I want to go see Last Jedi again now. Yeah. I think that's what's going to happen tonight. Um, <laughs> if you, I mean, obviously lots of people have some controversial opinions about this. If you have anything you want to sort of address that you think we got wrong or missed, all kinds of ways to get in touch with us, and we would love to hear from you. You can email us at geektop5 at gmail.com. You can go on our Facebook page at facebook.com slash geektop5. We're on Twitter at geektop5, and you can leave us a review on iTunes or wherever you get your your podcasts. Uh, that it would also be delightful. It would be very well appreciated. Yes. This has been Geek Top 5 for 2017. Happy holidays, happy new year, and we will talk to you again in 2018.